welcome everybody to Into the Fry Ramblings from the Kitchen. I am your host, Matt Hewitt. And today we're going to start off the episode with something a little bit different. Um, we're going to start off with a little new segment. And I think the name of the segment is going to be Fried Tidbits. So um, over the course of the last few weeks, I've had some people reach out. Uh, some very uh, informed individuals that have said, hey, man, you're you're talking pretty vague. And, you know, the back and forth was kind of like, well, uh, it is ramblings from the kitchen, but they, you know, in order for me to get better at what I'm doing, become a better podcaster, become more engaging, um, you know, some so a couple of people point out maybe you want to give a little background or give a little more solid info on some of the stuff that you're talking about. So I'm going to recap some of the items that I talked about uh, in the last episode, in episode nine, and we will start out with um, Nyman Ranch. So I talked about Nyman Ranch. I talked about how many farms that they had or whatever talked about their practices of sustainability and this and that. So, Nyman Ranch, 720 farmers nationwide. They employ all the Temple Grandin uh, protocols for animal welfare. They are certified humane. All their farms are certified humane, and they are never, ever, no antibiotics, no hormones. Okay, that's number one. Number two is I talked about a couple of um, I talked about a couple of charity functions that are happening and have happened. The first one that I talked about was Taste of the Wasatch, an event that I participated in uh, for a few years, my first few years here in Salt Lake, and I talked about some controversy surrounding the event. So I went uh, on to Google, typed in Taste of Wasatch, and some articles popped up in the Salt Lake Tribune. You can find those online. August 4th and August 5th. There's one article one day, it looks like, and one article the other day, and you can read about what's going on. I really do hope that uh, the organizers of Taste of the Wasatch get it turned around because it's a really cool event and a really... Uh, you know, I think what they what they've set out to do is really important and really good. The other event that I talked about is Celebrate the Bounty, and Celebrate the Bounty is sponsored by Local First, and Local First is a is an organization that's um, main purpose is to promote the vitality of locally owned and operated businesses. It's a really, really cool event. Uh, Celebrate the Bounty is a really cool event, and Local First is a really cool uh, organization that, that does some really fun stuff. So you can check those guys out as well, Local First. The last thing that I want to talk about is Felipe's, and I'm going to call it Felipe's no matter what till my dying day because that's how I was raised, and that's what I'm going to call it. So Felipe's. Uh, opened in Los Angeles in 1908, and the owner it was started by a man named Felipe Matau, and I believe he was he was French descent, 
And his last name is spelled M-A-T-H-I-E-U, Felipe Matau, or Philippe Matau. And there are there's another location that also opened in 1908 in Los Angeles called Coles. And Coles is C-O-L-E. And there might be an apostrophe S or might not be, but C-O-L-E-S. Both places claim to be the originator of the French dip. And I think this controversy will probably go on for eons and eons, as long as people are talking about food and French dips and great sandwiches. But here's a couple of stories. One is that because Philippe's um, French heritage, that he was, he, he, started putting au jus on the sandwiches, I believe, if I read correctly and was informed correctly that he started putting French dips on the, he started putting au jus on the sandwiches or dipping the bread in the, part of the bread in the au jus. And because it was on a French roll and he was French, hence the French dip. Another story is that in 1918, an, an officer came into Felipe's and his bread dropped in the au jus. And he was in a hurry, and he said, I'll take it. And the officer's last name is French. And those are two of the stories that came from Felipe's. And from Cole's, one of the great, one of the better stories that I saw was that someone came into the, the location, and they had recently had some dental work done and told the person that was making and that, and that the crusty French bread was, was too hard for them to bite through. And so they asked that the bread be dipped in the au jus to soften it up. And hence the French dip was born. All of those I cannot verify as true or factual, but a lot of good folklorical stories and hyperbole kind of in there. Uh, you know, just fun for argument's sake to have back and forth and banter amongst friends. I have friends that are in the Felipe's class, and I also have friends that are in the Coles crew. So, the last thing about Felipe's, I talked about their French mustard. And the French mustard, they make two batches a week. I was, we were able to find out. Two batches a week, 40 gallons. And it is, uh, I will paraphrase what I read, but it is, says that their mustard, this is uh, their mustard, they say, is best used sparingly. And when used correctly, it's the perfect accompaniment to their French dip sandwiches. I, on the other hand, sometimes get a little bit too liberal with the old Felipe's mustard and burn my freaking nostrils out and make my eyes water and then I'm like, oh, yeah, and then I go for it again. But anyway, that concludes our little section, fried tidbits. Hopefully, uh, you know, I, I'm going to, we'll have some other fun stuff to talk about. But this will be probably how I'm going to start each episode from here on out. We'll see what happens. Uh, maybe it goes to the end, but I, I kind of like it, you know, rap, revisiting the the episode from the from the prior week. But Stay tuned for what's coming up. We're going to recap some of the dining experiences I had while I was visiting in Southern California over the weekend.
and we will talk to you soon. Peace. What is up, y'all? Welcome back. Welcome back to Into the Fryer podcast, Ramblings from the Kitchen. This is Matt Hewitt, and I am your host. I hope you enjoyed the uh, first taste of fried tidbits, our little uh, section where we kind of reviewed and made some clarifications and corrections and uh, gave some better insight and information to some of the stuff that I talked about on the last episode. So I'm going to tell you up front, I'm, I'm driving right now, and don't worry, I have two hands on the wheel, I'm going, I'm, I'm on a wireless Pfizer headset right now and um, fitting that I'm in the car doing the recording of this podcast because today today's episode is fittingly enough about road tripping. I just uh, took a road trip with my son over the we left on Wednesday afternoon and headed down from Salt Lake City to uh, sunny Southern California, to Long Beach and to L.A. to, uh, I had to, you know, it was a little bit of a sad note, I had I went to commemorate the passing of one of my very close friend's father, but at the same time, it was a celebration of life, and I learned some stuff about my friend's dad that I was just completely in, in, uh, in awe of the man that I thought I knew. I mean, I knew, I knew my, my friend's dad. But when you really, like, when they're recounting the story of his life and you're like, holy shit, man, like, you know, I wanted to go back to my friend and be like, your dad is like freaking Forrest Gump, dude. Like, everything that he did was just <laughs> gold almost. Um, anyway, I got to see my some of my uh, family and some very close friends of mine uh, for brief periods and, and got to do some I had a really couple of of really nice, nice dining experiences, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today since, you know, this is a, a, a food restaurant and food industry-based podcast. I might as well talk about some food. Um, so I got an opportunity to go out to dinner with my brother and who's in the food industry. I asked him if he wanted to do an interview while we were at dinner, and he he graciously declined, but maybe another time. Uh, We went to dinner. It was him, our mother, and my son, and uh, had a really, really great time. We went to this place in Belmont Shore called Tavern on Two, and it's called Tavern on Two because the street it's on is... Second Street in Belmont Shore. If you ever get the opportunity, and you're down in Southern California, I would I would I would give this place a shot. It's it's really cool. It's unique to the uh, unique to the scene. It's very small. Uh, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the restaurants there on Second Street are small, but um, they they uh, 
They do really good burgers and some really cool stuff on their menu that um, made made for a great time. Uh, we, we had a few different appetizers, um, and one of the appetizers was were these crisp Brussels sprouts that they they tossed with this uh, cider vinaigrette with like pickled mustard seeds and and Granny Smith apples and and some some bacon. Um, I mean, what what couldn't be you know bacon makes everything better. I, I, I think. I mean, at least at least that's the way I feel about it. But these, you know, a, a lot of times when uh, I'll be dining with with friends or my wife or whoever, you know, I always talk about man, they just they just stepped right up to the line and like didn't <laughs> didn't go over it at all. They didn't they didn't test the waters. They weren't really like pushing the envelope. But uh, these guys down at Tavern on Two, they they they've got their shit together. I'll say, um, the the Brussels sprouts were like roasted, and then it seemed like they may have sautéed them with the with a little bit of the bacon, and then tossed it with the with the vinaigrette. And the vinaigrette, you know, like to me, it's a really good pairing because um, the earthiness and like that that cabbagey feel and flavor of the of the sprouts really take well to the to the um, to the flavor of the cider vinaigrette and the pickled mustard seeds really kind of just pushed it to another level for me and it was one of those things where like you, gra- you know you kind of stick your fork in there and you got a few little you know pieces of the sprouts and and uh, and you get that you bite into it and then that that vinaigrette and those flavors have like gone down into the nooks and crannies of the of the Brussels sprouts themselves, and you're like, yeah, yeah, man, this is so good. It was really delicious. Um, and we also had this uh, roasted cauliflower dish, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, if you ask my son, he would tell you otherwise. Uh, it was it was <laughs> one of those experiences where. I forget that he's five and a half, and he's developing likes and dislikes, and uh, not as adventurous as he was when he was when he was younger, where you could just kind of put stuff in his mouth, and he'd be like, "Oh, that's delicious." Um, but they did this uh, roasted roasted cauliflower that was tossed with like a herb pesto with toasted pepitas, and and I want to say some uh, you know pecorino romano, or I believe that's what it was. And uh, they served it with this charred, you know, like a like a half of a lemon that was charred, and you just squeeze that lemon right over it, and the pesto was so good. And, and I forget at the the very first bite, I was, I don't. Sometimes you have an expectation of how a dish should be or could be or what it is, but I was like, oh shit, they didn't cook the freaking pesto. Like there's just barely the heat from the from the um from the uh you know cauliflower that that's activating those flavors and, and and then I had to remind myself that it wasn't just a straight basil pesto that it was a herb pesto so there was all these different at, once I started to get over my myself and like get over like what I expected the dish to be and just let it happen I really really freaking loved it um and and I love like really garlicky pesto, and and this one was like it was spicy with garlic. And I don't know if you guys out there have have ever 
had raw garlic or I mean everyone's uh, some everyone a lot of people at some point in life have tried raw garlic and you know it's it's like super spicy um almost unpleasant if you're just eat, if you just have it by itself but like but like this this uh flavor of the raw garlic against that I don't want to say monotone flavor of the of the vegetable, but but cauliflower, you know, you you need to, at least in my opinion, unless I'm making it like in in like mixed in with mashed potatoes, where you can, you know, you have two things that that are going to be you'll be able to discern, or you'll be able to have like the the flavor of the cauliflower kind of take over the flavor of the potato. But cauliflower in and of itself, to me, is, is I'll just it's 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 rather bland and you need to add flavor to it and 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 this is my opinion so take it or leave it if you're going to take umbrage with me on me saying that cauliflower is is a bland tasting vegetable um but it like when they 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 really did a good job of like of adding the flavors so then you tasted the cauliflower and then you had this you know uh, other, other, the, all these layers of other flavors going on with the pepita and the cheese and the, and the pesto and it was really, really nice. But, but I think the, the winner of the appetizer royale was the, um, it was actually an entree that we ordered to have as an appetizer and share. It was, it was a short rib poutine, and I always appreciate when places take the, make the effort and take the time to to do like a thicker cut fry from scratch it's it's it sounds pretty simple and and if you have fryers in your establishment you can you can accomplish it but to do it well is something different and they really did it well and and I'm not sure how they made this gravy but man it was so freaking rich and the short rib was I, I'm guessing if if I was a betting man, and I'm, eh, I've been on a place better too, you know, uh, in my time, I would say that they probably used a cut of meat that is called a chuck tail flap, and a chuck tail flap is widely used in restaurants and food service establishments as a boneless short rib. It comes from the same area. It's just one end of the it's one end of of the of the of the chuck tail where the uh, a lot of the time it, it's on the opposite end of where the where the bones are it's at the top of where the bones are um i should probably know more given that i'm in the in the meat industry but i'm still learning about how a cow operate how how cattle operates and how a steer is broken down and all that kind of stuff in any case don't judge me on that but the the freaking the the short rib was so flavorful and just so supple, and they then the 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 kicker was the freaking cheese curds that were sprinkled throughout, and so you you dig in with your fork and you like you you, know, you take off a little piece of that that uh, beautifully cooked short rib, and then and then you get to this freaking rich rich gravy with uh with those with those beautiful those beautiful fries and some cheese curds stringing along uh, mm, delicious delicious and the uh the 
I had a burger for dinner, which Tavern on Two kind of, they really do burgers well. I'm get, I didn't ask, but they I believe that they grind their own meats on premises. And they asked me how I wanted it cooked, and I, I went for a medium rare medium. And I had this burger that was called a Brutal Burger, and it was really nice and spicy. It had some jalapenos and, I believe, some habanero jack cheese or another kind of spicy pepper jack cheese with this sauce that they called brutal sauce with some avocado and it was really well composed the flavors it, it's one of those things where you like i used to work i had chefs that i worked with where we would we would analyze how to put ingredients onto a dish um so that you had the best eating experience possible and and I think they, they capture that there. I think they put a lot of thought into what they do. But, you know, on top of the, the food itself and, like, having a good experience, their, uh, you know, service was great and all of that. Uh, our server was really fun and engaging with us and kind of coming back in and out and like a really uh, seasoned server would do. Um it's the company and the conversation that happens and the, you know, watching my, my son and my, and my brother interact. And, you know, my brother is a, is a dad and he has two grown kids and, and then watching him interact and having that playfulness and kind of childlike or kid-like uh, demeanor about him when, when he's interacting with my son, it, it comes out in everyone. And, and my son's got such a great sense of humor, you know, you know, he, he's, He's talking to my my brother, and they're they're having like this serious conversation about you know who knows what. I mean, like at at certain points, I would kind of just tune out and talk to my mom a little bit, and then you know kind of chime in and talk to my brother. And I I tried to I tried to kind of sit back and let them enjoy the time with my son. They've known me for 44 years. I mean, and my you know they have they don't get to see my son too often, and so it was it was really really nice. And and I and I I should have said at the top that, you know I have lots of friends that are still in the restaurant business, uh, both in you know Southern California. One of my very very good friends is a chef. Uh, he and I actually got started at the same time, working in kitchens together. And uh, excuse me. And then, you know my brother's still in the food industry. My sister was in the food industry for a long time, and now she lives in San Francisco and. Uh, I have friends that are into food in, in both Southern California and in in Utah where I live, and the there's something special about getting a group of people together and sharing a meal. There's a certain synergy that happens that um, like if you take that if you take the food away, it's not going to be the same. And and you know, growing up, I, some of my fondest memories were around family holidays where we had a big family like in, in you know at, at the height of like going to my grandparents or my aunts and uncles house for for thanksgiving or christmas we you know we had upwards of 30 people there and it was always just so much energy going on it was just just fantastic so you know it it's really like the food is one thing but then then getting to share those times with people that are special to you um it just it it just adds something and and i hope i'm doing i hope i'm doing it justice 
I don't know if I am or not. You'll have to be the judge of that. But I hope I'm doing that feeling or being able to convey that feeling. Um, I hope I'm doing right by that. Uh, in any case, moving on, uh, my son and I made our way back from Southern California on Sunday morning. Uh, we got up pretty early and got in the car, and he was, you know, snoozing out for a little while. And we made it fra we made it to Vegas right around brunch time. And one of the favorite places for me to, I try, I try to stop there. Uh, every time if I'm passing through Las Vegas, I'll try to stop at this place called Hash House Agogo. And I, I want to say the original location, I believe, is the one that I always enjoy going to. It's on it's on Sahara, west of the Strip, a, a few miles west of the Strip. Um, it's been on Triple D. It's been on A Man Versus Food, I believe. Um, it's they they do this. What they theme their they theme their food is called Twisted Farm Food. The theme that they go by is Twisted Farm Food. They do gigantic portions. I mean, their burgers are all a pound with like stuff in between the two eight ounce patties and like. You know, you get a freaking, my son got a, a blueberry pancake. This was his first experience. So he got this blueberry pancake that was about the size of a freaking hubcap. I think it was about 12 inches in diameter. And, I mean, like, he, he was so great. He's so fun. You know, he, he was wearing his little young guy aviators and looking very serious, like the guys, you know, looking – I, I took a picture of him and I, I put it on Twitter and I was like, hey, I found, I tagged all the guys from uh, Epic Mealtime and, and I was like, I found a an old picture of Muscle's glasses as a kid, you know, and I got some banter back and forth with that. But, it, but then he like takes his glasses off and he's like, you know, making that face where he's looking like he's going to just chow down into the, into the, uh, pancake with with no no fork or knife and like he's just gonna big, take a big chunk out of it um and, and just kind of recap you know it's like one of those things where, where i'm sure in a place that i really enjoy with my son who of course I, he's one of the most special people in my life you know that and and, and just makes for for such a great moment again around food you know like and, and I will say, freaking Hash House of Go-Go, uh, they do a wonderful job. Like, aside from the big, gigantic, overly portioned portions, the food is really freaking out good. The food is really freaking good. Um, and I always try to try to have something different when I when I go there. Uh, this time, I enjoyed some chicken fried steak. And there's always been a little bit of a soft spot in my heart for chicken fried steak and things that necessarily aren't good for you to uh, ingest into your body on a regular basis as far as food is concerned. And, yes, we talked about in the very first episode about the blammers, and I used to ingest some other things that were not good for me as well, but that's long gone. But the chicken fried steak was really good. Um, and one of the things that I, I really appreciate, uh, and, and I've noticed this about almost every time that I've gone to hash houses, they do, they like, they season every layer of, of something, you know, like a lot of times when, when people are doing uh, chicken fried steak or fried anything or making a milanese breading, they'll, they'll just like put, you know, 
egg wash and flour and then and breadcrumbs and they'll forget like the the freaking flour needs to be seasoned and the and the egg wash needs to be seasoned and the chicken needs to be seasoned or whatever it is that you're breading and the breadcrumbs need to be seasoned and you have like you have to build the layers so that your food is is outstanding and not just ah oh it's good you know like like I one of the things that I I get bummed out on as I go when I go out sometimes and and believe me I've I've cooked my fair share of meals that people are like yeah it was good it's one of those oh man they just they just missed the mark you know like it's it's not that I'm disappointed because I'll eat just about anything but it's like oh god they were right there on the doorstep of greatness and they just dropped the ball you know it's one of those those things where it's like oh gosh I wish I just I wish I was back there in the kitchen with you, and and as you were making that before you started to to dredge it in the flour, that you really seasoned up that flour, <laughs> you really you really seasoned up that steak. So then, and you really seasoned up that egg wash or whatever it is, you know, like it's 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 one it's it's a a desire that I have to want to make everyone freaking great at what they do. It's it's kind of I don't think it's bizarre, but. I look at food a little bit differently, I think, having spent so much time in um, in kitchens and in restaurants. Getting back to the meal, um, it, it just it's one of those things. If you guys are passing through Vegas, or they also have a location in San Diego, I know that. Um, I think there's a few, I, I want to say there's like four, locations in Las Vegas or five locations in Las Vegas and the one in San Diego. There might be more now in San Diego. I didn't actually check or maybe close. I don't know. Um, but I'm sure there's some of you out there that will chime in and help me to uh, get my shit straight and I can go back on the next episode and do some fried tidbits and, and clarify for you. But yeah, dining experiences and road tripping and you know, it's fun just sometimes, like, like one of the highlights for me was we were, my son and I were getting out on the road, and, and uh, you know, for a brief period in the, on the first leg, he was, you know, watching a movie on his tablet, and, I, you know, I just probably listening to a podcast or listening to some music in my headphones, so not to disturb him, uh, and at one point, I you know, I turned off my headphones and took him out. And I checked in with him, and I was like, "Hey, bud, what do you you want to listen to some music?" And and he's and he's like, "Yeah." And I said, well, "Okay, so what do you want to listen to?" And, and mind you, my son is freaking five and a half, and he was like, "Red Hot Chili Peppers." <laughs> I was like, "Hell yeah, hell yeah!" You know, it was one of those where it's like, "Oh, that's a proud proud parent moment right there to be able to be like, my son." unsolicited asked to listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers or when he asked to listen to before he knew the name of Immigrant Song and he asks to listen he asked me to listen to Immigrant Song after hearing it in a movie and he's like dad dad I want to listen to that song Ah! and I'm like oh I know what song that is uh it's just one of those things so like you have we had a bunch of those little moments and and he just um he just touches my heart. He's he's so special, uh, and to be able to to spend some time with him before he starts kindergarten, 
um, it's it's one of those things that I w I wouldn't trade for wouldn't trade for the world. Um, anyway, that that's going to probably conclude my little ramblings from the kitchen today. Um, I want to thank the Anchor app for being awesome with their responses to all of my questions and helping me get things ironed out. Uh, I'm broadcasting to you. I hope the sound quality is good from my Pfizer headphones. I don't. Ha I'm not an affiliate. I'm not sponsored by them. But you guys, I would I would check these headphones out if you guys run or work out or do whatever. Um, really seamless sound quality is excellent through the ear. I'm not sure how good it is for you guys, but I'm having a blast because I get to drive my car. And right now I'm stopped at a light. I'm going to sip on a coffee. And I get to talk to you on my podcast. We do have some really cool stuff coming up. Uh, going to be starting doing some interviews. Like I told you, the first interview that I've got lined up is going to be with one of my very, very good friends, a uh, guy that I have a ton of respect for. I've known him since he was a young lad. Um, I think he came to me when he was like 20, 20 years, 20, 19 or 20 years old. We'll find all that out as soon as we do the interview. His name is Derek Vinitolo, freaking badass chef cool guy, all around, just great dude. We've had some great times in and out of the kitchen, and we're going to be bringing that to you hopefully by before the end of the week. So, signing off, it's Matt. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. We will look forward to talking to you soon. Peace.